0: My guest today, Tuan Nguyen, has been to prison three times, but on that third time, he finally figured something out. We talk about how he had to sneak some things into prison that transformed his thinking and therefore his life. And then just a few months after he got out of prison, he was on stage in front of 3,000 people at a John Maxwell conference. Come on. Let's do a background check. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. Yeah. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go-, go ahead. Check my background. My name is J. Dan Gumm, and this is is background check you already know let's go you can check my background i'm a forgiven
1: felon so tell them that i won't back down Now you can bet i won't live in regret it's time to earn some respect you are tuning in to background check hey
0: everyone welcome to background check brought to you by forgiven felons helping people with the past realize their future You know, Forgiven Felons, what do we do? We we help men coming out of prison get back on their feet by providing the practical, physical, and spiritual tools they need to successfully reenter society and become a productive citizen. If you want to know more about what we do, ForgivenFelons.org is the place to do that. Uh, If you have a loved one in prison who needs a place to parole, then there's an application packet for you on the House page. If you missed us on the Huckabee Show, I had a a great time visiting with uh, Governor Mike Huckabee. And uh, you can look at that on the website as well. And if you've never seen the documentary, which I recommend you see it, you can watch it for free on Roku TV, anywhere you get your Roku, you may have a Roku TV, uh, that you can just watch it on there and you may have the Roku app on your phone, uh, 2B TV as well. It's on there. So what do we do at background check podcast? What is this all about? Well, what we do here is about sharing motivation, inspiration, and information with anyone whose life has been impacted by incarceration. So sometimes we may have a solo episode where I'm just talking about a specific topic and I hone in on that and my perspective on that. But most of the time I'll have guests that have a great comeback story where they didn't let their background hold them back. They made it pay them back. Uh, sometimes we have guests that will give you information, you know, like parole lawyers, judges, reentry programs, psychiatrists, uh, doctors. Um, and then sometimes I'll just have motivational speakers. And, uh, but today's guest will give you a little of all three. He'll jab you with the motivation, left hook you with information, and then give you an uppercut with inspiration. And I say that because he's just this buff dude, looks like he might be a boxer. His story will leave you walking away a better person. He's the co-founder of Movement 21 Empowerment with his, um, with his awesome friend, April Holly. He's also a certified coach, speaker, and trainer, as well as a trainer for John Maxwell's nonprofit equip. We know a lot of the same people, and it's an honor to call him friend and have him on the show today. So let's get to it. Okay, Tuan, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Say that one more time. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. Come on. Who needs a background check, bro? We all do now. Not- we well, all do now. In did- fact, in fact, didn't you just have to get some some background check papers. Yeah, as a matter. This morning.
1: Yeah, as a matter of fact, I don't know if you want to dive into that right now. <laughs> I'm just saying right now, one thing that we, one thing I did realize that you know when you have this entrepreneurship mindset, and I'm just going to go right into there. You know, one thing.
0: Well, hang on. Okay, on. so you are from where? What do you do first? Who you? Who are you? Well, I guess that would be a great way to start off yeah. the background check, huh? I mean, we know your name is Tuan. Yeah, and uh, we know that we know each other. But what is it about you right now that you want everyone to know before you even open your mouth?
1: That's a great question. You know, good leaders ask great questions. Hey, shout out to all my background check family right now. Uh, hey, just subscribe right now if you if you're tuning in. How That's about right. that?
0: That's right. That's, That's right. a good
1: call to action, yeah. right? Hey, my name is Tuan Nguyen. I'm a Vietnamese American that is a former convicted felon. All right. So that's going to be my short intro. Now I'm actually in the leadership lane. So I'm a leadership branding coach. I work with lots of coaches and consultants in the area of leadership and communication now. okay, uh, Social media strategies. I'm really big on uh, Facebook. So social media is a is big avenue for me now because there's so much money to be made. But yeah, that's what I currently do now. I'm also a certified speaker, coach, and trainer for the leadership guru, John
0: Maxwell, and you started that even before you got out of prison. yeah, actually in cr- fact, in fact, you were sneaking contraband Come curriculum on. into prison <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, as crazy as it sounds, I mean, literally I started my John Maxwell leadership journey behind prison walls. And- that, that is
0: crazy. since everything's done online, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird that you started all that uh, behind bars, but uh, but you had some help. You had some help uh, getting that in there. Yeah, uh, it didn't is. you? And so we don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but it was uh, it was it was good that they were helping you get that in there. So
1: well, I mean, it was it, w- it was a good thing. It wasn't like you know the person wasn't like sneaking any legal drugs or anything.
0: No, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, but sneaking in contraband, whether they're whatever, whether it's good or bad, is still still. Uh, you know, he, he he may I don't know could have got in trouble for that.
1: Um. yeah i think that definitely there was a maybe a thin line i won't really talk too much about that i just you know the perspective i want you guys to look at is
0: look what happened to me yeah look at your boy now you know so you went right from there how many months after you got out were you on the stage at the john maxwell imc speaking to three thousand people all right so let me give you guys some uh, just a,
1: a little back history you know I started my John Maxwell journey inside prison. And so if you guys aren't familiar with John C. Maxwell and the John Maxwell team, they have an organization of coaches in leadership that is literally 30,000, over 30,000 coaches. And right? growing. And yeah, growing. and growing. You're one of them, Jay. Uh, that's how we connected. Uh, we're literally in every single country in the world. And I, I realized when I was in prison, um, one of the greatest things that I saw that was lacking was leadership development. Yeah. You know, I've been incarcerated for 10 years, right? Never have I seen a leadership development program or course. And I I really started diving into that because I realized that um, how do you expect people to transition from prison into the world if you're not helping them with leadership? Right. And so... Uh, What I I actually saw that problem where if I don't know how to lead myself, how will I actually survive from going from prison back into the world? Uh, Not only that, I really discovered that leadership and communication would really increase a person's confidence and confidence is so key to coming home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, communication was so essential for me when I was in prison and I, I started just really honing in on leadership and communication and my my self image my my self esteem it just went to another level, and I realized it was because I started tapping into my potential, right you know um I'll use a Bible scripture that I, I love talking about, and it says a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men yeah, I didn't understand that, and it took God to bring me to that dark place in my life where I signed for a sixteen year sentence for this big dope charge. I got busted with a bunch of methamphetamines heroin, cocaine and MDMA. But in those ecstasy. five. Ecstasy. Ecstasy. Periphazine's another fancy name, <laughs> man. But yeah, Jay, check it out, bro. Like in those five years, right? I did five years, but I surrendered. I said, God, look, I'm tired of running. Yeah, I know your call is greater than anything uh, that I'm doing right now. And so, man, I just, I said, you know what? I'm going to go all in. I decided, you know what? I'm going to go to the window of life. I'm going to make a bet on myself. Yeah, And I wasn't going to rely on anyone else betting on me. And I I said, I'm going all in. I decided I'm going to live on the other side of yes. I decided to step outside of my comfort zone and enter into a zone of discovery. And I failed fast, I failed often, and I failed forward. But the one thing that separated me from everyone else was when I learned how to embrace failure as a friend and not my foe. I learned how to embrace failure as a stepping stone and not this huge monument where I wouldn't be able to climb up out of it. And so you know, often at times I'll compare myself with the same the same guy that has all the same support, same case. Nothing's different except the perspective shift on how they embrace failure. Right. Because one embraces failure and they go into this pity party. Yeah. They blame everyone else instead Victor, of victim mindset. Victim mindset. I owned it. I owned it and I said, hey, look, I made the mistake. I'm gonna learn from it and I'm gonna grow from it. And God has a greater plan for me. Yeah. And you think about if we could cultivate that type of mindset
0: to the whole population, man, what are the possibilities, bro? So, so you're you're out, you were you were only how long have you been out now? Um, pushing 20 months. 20 months, almost 20, two years. Yeah. Wow. You've accomplished so much in twenty months. You've started a uh, your business, which is called what? M twenty one Empowerment. And you have a partner, business partner in there.
1: April Holly. Shout out to April Holly. You guys check her out too.
0: She's not only uh, your business partner. Yeah, Uh,
1: but well, well, you know, we 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 we, we crossed over. Uh huh. Meaning that you know what is it? You never mix business with pleasure. (laughs)
0: I don't know who said that, but I mean, I, that, I I thought that was a Bible verse. Is that a Bible uh, verse? No, no, okay, it's not I verse. A, no. Okay, that was no, a that was a proverb no. or something. No, no. <laughs> no uh, but but y'all are, y'all are y'all are dating as well, and uh, right?
1: Yeah. We, so we started the dating game, and uh, right now we're just really best friends. Uh, we, awesome. We're just taking it slow, bro. We yeah. uh, I, honestly like we made a vow to just stay faithful in our walk with God, and yeah. I, I just know that that's truly where God's blessing is. Is we just we walk in obedience. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. It it's not easy, but it's something that we're constantly aware of. Yeah. And it really does help though.
0: Well, you guys really, um, have a chemistry with each other, um, in business as well. You know, I mean, you, you guys work together seemingly very well. You engage each other on, on social media, uh, very well. And, but she lives in Iowa, right? Yep. A little town called Sp- Spencer, Spencer, Iowa. I guess it's a little town. I don't know. I'm guessing twelve thousand. I believe. Okay, so it's it's a, it's not a small town, but it's uh, it's smaller than Houston and Dallas. So um, does that make it hard long distance relationship?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I don't think I was um, a long distance relationships was never on my radar. Yeah. So it was definitely new but to me. But when you
0: meet special people like April, right? Yeah. I mean, she seems to be an awesome, awesome. Uh, I think she likes to call herself a badass. Yeah, bad, uh, badass yeah. gold digger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she's a so, badass gold digger. And she, uh, she she seems to be very awesome. And so as business partners, you guys seem to be killing it. Uh, and so you have that together. Right. And then you also have a nonprofit, right? Right. What's that called?
1: Prison Transformation Initiative.
0: Okay. And, and what's, what's going on in that world?
1: Uh, impacting prison culture by breaking barriers through leadership and communication.
0: Okay. It doesn't sound like you've put very much thought into it. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: yeah, actually, I made that up. That's called off the cuff. <laughs>
0: um, it, it, that seems like it's very important to you, and, uh, and, and it's very important to me, too. So I hope that grows into to whatever you, you want it to be. Um, so how hard was it, man? What, fa- what challenges did you face when you, coming out of prison? I mean, I know you were swept up into the, the JMT world, yeah. but as far as just finding employment, finding a place to live... Uh, you know every. I mean, what, what, what are you, what what are you facing? I think my biggest challenges was not
1: turning back. Yeah, you know, because I went to prison not once, not twice, but three times. Wow! And my previous two times, I said the same thing: I'm never coming back to this Joker ever again. But what happened? I came back. Yeah, and it took that third trip down, right? And something happened there where. If you look at what happened the second time when I went down, I gave my life to Christ, was going hard in the paint. I was discipled. I was preaching my first sermon. I was in the ministry team. Uh, for three years, I was in intense discipleship. And so I started really learning a, a, of the call of God. That Had, was your second time down? That was my second time down. That was when. Okay. One, I, so I got saved my second time down. Okay.
0: Right. You still went back for a third time. I still went back. So what happened when you got out and you're all going hard in the paint? What happened? I'll tell you. What okay. di- what didn't you change? I'll will t- tell you what happened. I
1: came home on fire for the Lord because I'm leading people to Christ, um, discipling you know men. I'm preaching the gospel, you know, writing some good sermons. Yeah. Like your boy was on fire up in that <laughs> Joker man, and so I thought I was gonna come home and and and. and People were just gonna gravitate me. They're they're gonna put me on the platform, and I was gonna be preaching on rooftops. And masses were gonna get saved through my anointing of
0: God. And (laughs) you know, so many people get out of prison thinking that. So so what happened? What when reality hit? When reality hit, and uh, I came home, and
1: I was (laughs) I'm still a convicted felon. (laughs) That's what happened. Okay, but one story I always draw back to is you know, when I was seeking for a home church and I didn't really, I didn't know where to go because remember I had been walking in my faith outside of prison. So my structured was this prison ministry mentality. I didn't know how to operate outside right, in the church world. Okay, Not only that, I didn't know if any churches would accept me. Right. And some won't. Some won't, you know? So I, I went to this Vietnamese church that my mom uh, told me about. And of course, you know, um they love my story, but I didn't share my entire story. And the reason why was my parents have been concealing this whole thing about me being locked up. Mm. So literally what they have been telling everyone, family, friends, uh church people, was oh, Twan's away working. Mm. He's off in college
0: somewhere. Now is that a is that a cultural thing to, to hide that? Absolutely. Okay. Because I know us uh, white people, our family don't have a problem telling people, oh, yeah, he screwed up and he's in, in prison. So I didn't know if, if the Asian culture culture was just more like there was some shame involved in it and they didn't want to tell people that a family member was in prison. So, is that, I mean, is that, is that kind of what yeah, it was? Absolutely. They, shame, embarrassment. Like, so you get up there and you tell your story, but you don't tell the whole story. So, I mean, how, what did you tell him?
1: Well, I mean... You are on just, the mission I, field? <laughs> I just told them partial pieces of it. But that's that's where the conflict came in. Yeah. Because my, my parents, even though they were believers, they were the ones that had been praying for me for 18 years, and that was uh, uh, how I, I eventually came to Christ. Now I'm coming home. I'm thinking I'm going to share this bona fide testimony, like Paul coming out coming mm. out the gate, Yeah, you know, long and strong, you know, and I'm going to preach not too long, but, yeah, I'm going to come out strong. And here my parents are like, uh, you can't tell people you we're in prison because we've been telling everybody else that you haven't been in prison. Wow. So now I'm like, hold on. Like this doesn't even line up with my beliefs. Like I thought I had a testimony. Like, can I just tell my story? And in reality I was conflicted. Yeah. And so that, that, that kind of put me at this place where I'm like, well, maybe this church thing is not for me. Hmm. And so I I just got, got a regular nine to five and I just kept, just kept on kind of just doing my little one-on-one ministry and then how long does that last without accountability? Right. So you're little, not a part of a pack. You're not a part of a,
0: any any group. You're just trying to do it on your own.
1: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a lone ranger Christian trying to save people at my work site. You know, It doesn't, it doesn't last very long. No.
0: I mean, I, I, I last. How long were you out? A year and a half. Okay. A year and a and half. And then you started... Because I think we're meant to be relational. I think God created us to be relational beings. So if we don't find... Uh, relationship within the, the the body of Christ, we're going to gravitate towards some relationship somewhere, and if we're not doing it with Christ in the body of Christ, then we're going to go find it in the world. So, did you find yourself gravitating towards other relationships that weren't godly and starting to build them? Yeah, absolutely. It it took me about a year, and slowly,
1: I call it Superman syndrome. Yeah. Right. And the reason why I call it Superman syndrome is Superman has this tendency to want to go save the entire world. Mm -hmm. You know, he'll go into the alley cats. Right. He'll go into the trenches. And I mean, I'm very optimistic about life. And but I also have a a natural weakness towards beautiful women. And a lot of them are broken. And uh, that was my, my, my first mistake was, you know, gravitating to that. And I think the enemy used that a lot in my life where he would use beautiful women that were kind of just, you know, kind of broken. Right. And were looking for someone to save them and not necessarily Jesus saving them. They were looking for a Twan to save them. Yeah. And it was easy for me to kind of put on that cape and kind of swoop in and and just mingle and then hit them with a few scriptures. And it sounded Mm -hmm. good. And the enemy would maybe use them to play back and forth with me. And the next thing you know, we're here caked up. And then she became my kryptonite. Yeah. And then, uh, and you
0: you already know how that story. Oh yeah. So you're back in a third time. And yep. then, and then that's when you figure figure the whole leadership thing out. Yeah, I realized that I didn't know how to lead myself. And that's the most important person you got. If you can't lead yourself, then you can't lead others. Absolutely. You can lead them, but you're only going to lead them to the degree you lead yourself. Yeah. And if all you're doing is leading yourself the wrong way, then you, and you try to lead others, you're going to lead them the wrong way absolutely so so you were uh man you were you were you were a dope dealer okay so you were dealing all that stuff and uh, and you were probably doing pretty good huh I mean yeah I mean besides getting caught going to prison but uh, but you had a pretty good game going right I mean I thought I did decent bro uh, I
1: don't ever tell people that I was an addict because you never want to portray yourself as an right. addict you always want to be the dope boy you want to be the <laughs> deep boy you want to be the big shot. But in reality, I was just addicted like everybody else. Yeah, I just had money and uh, I was able to maintain a lot better than the the the, right. the average drug user that was living paycheck to paycheck. I was just the supplier. Yeah, but I did the same amount of dope everybody else did. I just had a nicer car,
0: had nicer women, and that was it. Not big of a difference. So now you're out, and because you got a great personality. Thank you. Thank you. you. Do you? You really do. And one thing I, I like to tell people about my story is that I still get drunk. I just switch bartenders, <laughs> and so I don't feel like God took away my desire to drink. Right. I feel like He took my desire away to drink the wrong drink. Mm, that's good. Because He still wants me to get drunk, uh, just in a different way. And so I feel like I feel like I know how you were as a dope dealer because I see you. Uh, how you're, how you're dealing life to others now. Right. You're an encourager. You, uh, you're a salesperson. Uh, you're, you're killing the business that you're doing right now. Uh, and if you want to know, uh, what he does, just let us know. We'll put it in the show notes and, and put a link to, to, to what he does and connect you with, with what you do. Cause you know, I mean, you're, you're, you know, I mean, I can, t- I can say, it right. I mean, you're, you're making a thousand dollars a day now. <laughs> um, not every day, but he, he did his first $1,000 day, yeah. and, uh, and,
1: and,
0: and but before that, you did your first $1,000 week, and, and you're just killing it, in everything you're doing, you're killing it, and, and I think that has a lot to do with your personality, your style, your, uh, your gifts, your callings. I, I don't think God takes away our gifts. I don't think he takes away our personality. I think he sees that we were using all those things for, in the wrong direction for the wrong things. And he and he wants to still use all those personalities, gifts, and but point them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so when I see you, I feel like I feel like I'm seeing the same personality that was out there running the dope game. Right. Uh, you know, and um, you know, and you still got you still got the women, the woman. You know. Uh, <laughs> so uh, and you drive a car. You know, right. it may not be as nice as you used yeah, to, nice but point. you're headed there. You're headed there. Right. But uh, but you're just killing everything you do, man. Everything you put your hand to do, uh, you're killing it. And um, so what, what, what do you attribute that to?
1: Man, just conviction and passion, bro. You know, I think, you know, when I look back, and it's the lifestyle of a hustler. You know, I went from selling dope to selling hope. From prison to purpose, from prison to podcasting.
0: He's going to start rapping here in a minute, right. y'all. Just hold on. Yeah, yeah I'm not going <laughs> to.
1: But you know, you just you just think about that. And it's like, literally, just God just transformed my hustle. That's all he did. Yeah. I'm, I'm still operating in the same gifts and the same talents, same personality. That's never changed. That's why you can connect with me. And you're like, man, I can only imagine how Twan was in the, in the dope game. Yeah. Because this is the real me. The real you showing up in a real way. I mean, really just... When you discover your authentic leadership style, you really get good at being who you are. And I think there's not not a greater feeling in the world than just saying, knowing, knowing your worth. Yeah. And I love saying this. All right, you guys can take note of this. Know your worth and add tax when necessary. That's good. You know? That's good.
0: That's real good. So um, what has been the biggest challenge for you in these last 20 months you've been out? What's been the biggest challenge? Man, just running a business, bro.
1: You know, the the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. Uh, I think Brian Kelly, uh, one of our friends from Prison Entrepreneur, he calls it re-entrepreneurship. And so just a shift from coming from prison where we... I came from a unit where they didn't really have a lot of um, business-type programs. Okay. So I literally had to ha- sh- have that mindset where, okay... Upon coming home, I'm going to have a hard time getting a job because I got a background that's going to limit me. So I, I started developing what I call the million-dollar mindset. Okay. Tell us about that. Okay. And the million-dollar mindset, you guys heard this already, all right? But there's little twists. So the million-dollar mindset I had was not going out and chasing after millions, but it was the mindset of believing and knowing that I was worth more than millions. Yeah, that's good. You see? And you see how that different that is? Yeah. And so I had that mindset where, hey, I'm not out there chasing millions. I'm going to start developing myself because I know what I'm worth. And if I stay in that lane, I use the law of attraction. How did I get on stage in front of over 4,000 coaches to speak and share the stage with one of the most iconic leaders in the world, uh, Mark Cole. Shout yeah. out to Mark yeah, Cole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's up, Mark? Yeah, Mark Cole, uh, CEO of John
0: Maxwell Enterprises, and a really great guy. Awesome dude. And dude. Uh, we got to go into prison together.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> Wait, let's talk about
0: that. Let, let, let's talk about proximity. Yeah. Let's talk about how big proximity matters. And 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 I don't want to offend you, but you know when when you uh, invited me to that graduation. You know, uh, I was I was not sure if I was going to come or not. But then you told me Mark Cole was coming. Oh, you came to be- Mark Cole, and right? because of the pro- <laughs> because I wanted to be in proximity to Mark Cole, No, exactly. I'm just playing. I'm nah, playing. It's all good. I mean, it's true. But yeah. I I was coming to your graduation no matter what. But but it was really neat when when I heard he was coming. You got a bonus. Uh, was yeah, was extra yeah. incentive. That's what we call it. Absolutely. And because I was willing to be in proximity to you, and believe in you, and be there and stand by you, then I got the bonus, like you said. Absolutely. So, So, um, yeah, the law of proximity is really, is really good. Um, you know, you talk about a million dollar mindset, uh, my wife and and kids and our family, we just start talking about, you know, we, we, you know, the, the, the book, uh, think and grow rich. We're putting, we're putting to practice some of those auto suggestion ideas in there that they talk about. Uh, and it it all talks about, you know, how much money you want to make, you know, if you don't, if you can't even think of the number that you want to make. And so I, I told my wife, I said, we're going to start saying that, that this amount. And, and the amount was a million dollars. She's mm. like, all right, we're going to make a million dollars. And I said, nope, we're going to give away a million dollars. Wow. And so we're starting to speak that one day we're going to be able to write a million dollar check to somebody. Mm. Now to know, you know I mean, you, so you already know. So you already know to write a million dollar check, to give it away, you got to be making a whole lot more money than that, right? <laughs> so that's our goal. Our goal right. is to make so much money that to write a million-dollar check to somebody is not going to be anything to us. Right. But that's our goal. We want to give. We don't want to just make a million dollars. We want to give that away to somebody else, to a Prison trans- uh, Transformation Initiative. Yeah. You know, could, could, could PTI use, uh, you know, a million dollars? Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, come on with it. <laughs> so, uh, so I agree. Mindset is important. Mindset is important. So what have you learned the most since you've been out of prison? that has caused you to succeed.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a quote from Albert Einstein that was repurposed by Miles Monroe, okay? I love Miles Monroe. Yeah, I love him. So this is almost, I would say this is almost like a, a, my life verse, um, is never chase success, but rather become a person of value. And I really took a hold of that because when you become a person of value success will come chasing after you. And I've always been the one that chased success and never focused on becoming a person of value. And so I speak on this a lot now where your destiny is for you, but your legacy is for others. Right? How will you want to be remembered? Uh, Personal branding is really big now, you know, uh, just coming home. And I love what Amazon founder Jeff uh, CEO Jeff Bezos says. That he says that branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Right. And so at the end of the day, I want to ask you guys right now. I want to ask you too, Jay. Is what are people saying about you? Yeah. And not only that, what should they be saying about you? And if there's if they're not saying anything about you, then you got a branding problem. Right. You're not making a difference. Yep. You're not living out your purpose. You're not. Living, in your, living out your destiny.
0: So give us, give us, give us uh, two things that we can do to help our brand. To help your brand. Yeah. Oh. If we need rebranding and, we, and nobody's talking about us, right. what are some things that we can do to change that? So I'm going to call this the three Cs, okay?
1: Three Cs, there we go. Three Cs. I, I, I coach and I speak from this all the time, right? Number one, clarity. Okay. I have to get clear on who I am. It's called finding your voice in the midst of the noise. You know, I coach and I teach from this a lot when uh, we, we go into uh, social media strategies, where everybody's trying to get engagement. Everybody wants the likes and the comments and stuff like that. And everybody's we're, we're living in an age right now where social media is prevalent. Yeah, you know, it's just it's such a great way to connect. And a lot of people are, are stepping into the marketplace, you know, in their business, and they don't have a clue on what their message is. Right. So in in a sense, they're just making a bunch of noise, but they're not producing any music. Right. That's good. So clarity. Clarity. Okay. So number one, clarity. When you get clarity in knowing who you are, what's your message, right? Then that's where you step into the, 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 the stage of confidence now. Okay. That's number two. Yep. Clarity. Confidence. Because now I'm, I'm stepping into the marketplace. I know who I am. I'm confident I know who Tuan Win is. Yeah. Then confidence goes to consistency. And you see the transition from one stage to the next. I can't expect to be confident and just go straight to consistency if I don't get clear on my message and who right. I am. Right. Right. So everything has to go back to clarity because why? Because people are perishing because you lack vision. Hmm. And if you're casting a fuzzy vision, you're going to produce a bunch of fuzzy people. Yep. And that's why leadership is so important because everything at the end of the day, you know, it rises and falls on leadership. leadership.
0: Yep. So true. All right. So the three season, we'll put them in the show notes. So people uh, uh, can, can go back later and and write them down if they want. So clarity. Confidence. And and, and they kind of, I mean, you have to, if you don't start, you can't just jump to confidence. No. And, and, and then expect to be consistent if, if there's no clear message. Because if there's no clarity, um, you're not going to be consistent. Because one day you're going to have a, one message and the next day you're going to have a different message because you're not clear. So, so clarity. clarity um, and how can someone, what can someone do to help them uh, get clear on their message? What are some practical things they can do? Like, if I'm not sure about what my message is, what are some practical things I can do right now? To help get my message a little more clear. You got got to spend some time with yourself. Okay. uh,
1: You know, I speak from the faith base, right? Of course, I'm a believer, a bona fide Christian believer, Jesus Christ. Shout out to to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, JC. But literally, it really, uh, you know, I talk about this a lot, too. I had a self-image problem. I didn't know who I was. God had to break that false self-image when I was in prison. I remember, Jay, I was in a... I was in a class, or I, I, I had six months before I was about to come home, and uh, I was flourishing. I was in all these leadership positions. I mean, I, I had so much potential, so many th- good things going, and I just cried out to God one day and I said, "Lord, I don't want to come back." Yeah. I said that twice already, and I've came back, and I just, I just asked him. I said, "What's my problem?" You know, is it? Am I really a an addict cuz I don't like claiming that. I don't want everyone to use the word dolphin. That's for right. You never want to talk about that. I'd rather talk about me being a hustler than yeah. me being a dolphin. And I just I just asked him straight up. I was like, "Am I really addicted to this lifestyle to where I
0: always resort back to it?" And this is what God literally spoke to it's me. It's almost like you were asking if there's any hope for you. Yeah. Like I mean, is this is this my life the rest of my life because I can't I can't stay on this other path, so is this the best that life has to offer me? Yeah. And what did he say? He said, Twan,
1: and I'm going to paraphrase what God spoke to me, okay? So I'm going to throw in a little bit of swag in there. (laughs) Uh, He said, Twan, you got a freaking self-image problem. That's good. And literally, that was the thing he said. He said, you have a self-image problem that needs to be broken and shattered. And, you know, he brought me back to this memory where I was driving this $150,000 Bentley, completely broken and shattered. I was I was strung out. I was high as hell. And I was going to church. I was looking good, though.
0: Yeah. I was looking the good. Out, the outward appearance
1: was, outward, was on point. outward appearance was on point. I had like maybe $500 in my pocket. I don't know what I had in my bank account, but I had, <laughs> I had this crazy debt because I had a gambling problem. Why the heck was I going to church? It made me feel like somebody. Yeah even though I was completely broken and shattered in my mess and addiction. Hmm. God brought me back to that place. He says, you remember that day? How you were trying to stunt and floss around in this $100,000 car with these four or $500 sunglasses? It was that outward appearance. And when he showed me that, he goes, that's the reason why you always resort back to familiar people, places, and things. Hmm. Because you were a chicken amongst other chickens. Wow. You had the appearance of looking like you were able to fly, Yeah, but you didn't, you weren't. Wow. And so he, he even showed me, he goes, you would step out of the chicken coop and you would watch all these eagles soar. And it was just the thought of, man, maybe one day I could be like them. And then I would look back and God showed me, he goes, nah, it's easier in the chicken coop. At least... I was a chicken that was leading other chickens. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So it gave me a sense of self worth and value because I surrounded myself with people that were below me. Mm. I mean, that's the best way I could break it down. Yeah. Right. And so not only that, that that limitation there would not allow me to be amongst other people that were way ahead of me. Mm. Right. Wow. Does that make sense? Especially because I'm a convicted felon. I got. I'm a GED. uh, I never graduated high school. So what do I? How can I relate with people that are successful? Yeah. So that always brought me back to the dope game.
0: So I think your message is very clear, man. Uh, You know, you got to have the right mindset. You got to lead yourself, and and you got your vision has to be very clear. Whether it's a nonprofit, whether it's business. Uh, or just in life, you know, uh, because if you're not, if it's not clear where you want to go, then you're just going to go where life takes you. Yeah. And if it's not clear who you want to hang around, then you're just going to go where the people around you go. Uh, and if it's not clear on what you want to do, you're just going to go with the flow and do whatever. So um, I like I like the we like to tell our guys at Forgiven Fallons, life is all about people, places and things. Right. The People you hang around, the places you go and the things you do. Um, I We ended up in prison because of the people we hung around, the places we went, the things yeah. we did. Now we keep ourselves out of prison because of the people we hang around, yep. the places we go, and the things yeah. we do. And and it's because we're clear yeah, about the people we want to hang around and the places we want to go and the things we want to do. So, Twan, man, I, I want to thank you. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but uh, you've, said, you've said so many... Um, you, you've given us so many golden nuggets right now. And, um, and I just appreciate you as a friend. Uh, but also, you know, someone I I look to because you, you don't ever look like you have a bad day and, uh, and I'm sure you do. I've had some bad hair days. (laughs) That's one thing I don't have anymore is bad hair days. (laughs) But, um, but I'm, I'm sure you have, you know, your challenges in life. Um, but you seem to have a really good head on your shoulders Know whose you are, and know who you are, yeah. and uh, and and I'm sure that you you just look at some of those obstacles and things in your way, and you're just like get out of here, yeah. you know. And if you can't handle them, you know, you got other people, you know, that you've surrounded yourself with that can help you. And so, so I, I want to appreciate you, and uh, we'll, we will put uh, whatever links you want yeah. to have people connect with you. Uh, we'll put your Facebook, your social media, whatever you want to put in there. Also, your website, so your nonprofit. And, uh, and, and all your businesses that you're, you're doing right now. So if you want to get a hold of Twan, he's a great speaker. If you want to hear him uh, speak, uh, I'm sure you could probably go to his website and uh, and, and see how to c- uh, connect with him and book him as a uh, speaker uh, if you have $10,000. No, I don't know if that's your price, but that's what you're worth. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, So if you need him as a coach, a trainer – He's amazing. I vouch for him on every level uh, in, in everything in life. And um, so thank you for being here on Background Check. And um, we appreciate you rising above the Background Check and not yeah. letting it hold you back, but making it pay you back. Come on, it's paying me back. That's Amen. right. That's yeah. right. All right, man, we'll see you all in the next Background Check. All right. Man, there are so many things to unpack from all that Tuan said. He had to fight through so many challenges to get to where he is today. He fought himself like crazy. He fought that fight we all face with our own identity. If you don't know who you are and whose you are, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a hard road. He talked about leading himself. If we cannot lead ourselves well, and, you know, I mean, the times when no one's watching us, when no, we're looking around, no one's watching us, you know, like that, that ice cream when we're trying to get healthier, you know, we when we swing by – Baskin-Robbins to get a dip of peanut butter and chocolate. We, we don't want anybody to know, so we raid our coin jar and pay cash. That way, it doesn't show up on our bank account. That uh, you know, I, that's a story I heard from somebody else. Um, that extra helping of food when we're trying to eat healthier and lose weight. That snooze alarm. That snooze alarm. This, you know, when when you first set the alarm, that's when you you know you're supposed to get up. But when you hit that snooze, you're giving yourself permission to put it off that snooze i think the snooze alarm is the most growth prohibiting factor on earth if we can't lead ourselves well we're going to have a hard time leading others because you're only going to lead others to the to to the degree you lead yourself when you lead yourself when no one is looking you're betting on yourself and winning twan talked about betting on yourself is the best thing you can do for motivation he also talked about his family not wanting to um, have people know his full story and you know, that can be very frustrating. It's okay though. Not everyone is on the same journey we are. They won't understand how we travel on our journey. And we have to give them grace for how they travel on their journey. You know, and, and, and it's a little it's a little embarrassing to have a family member in prison. I know that I know that journey well too. I'm sure my family was a little embarrassed of me and having having me in prison. You know, I get that. But hey, when they've turned their lives around, family. Uh, It's okay. It's all right. Nothing to be embarrassed about, you know. So uh, unless you're running for office, then keep trying to hide it as long as you can. (laughs) You know, Tuan talked about the uh, three Cs, clarity, confidence, and consistency. These are so important in our everyday lives, short-term and long-term. Be clear about what you are trying to do each day, each week, each month, and then you'll have the confidence to rock your year and be consistent in everything. Listen. Thank you uh, for listening to this episode of Background Check. It was fun. We got another great episode coming up. In the meantime, if you haven't listened to others, please check them out. There's some great stories on here and some great information. Share the word, uh, and, and please, if possible, leave us a review on Apple. If you can listen to it through the Apple Podcast or the Apple platform, you know, leave us a review and uh, give us a rating. And, uh, and and either way, whatever platform you listen to, give us give us a, a rating. Follow us, subscribe, so you'll never miss an episode. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, and we also have a YouTube channel. So check us out, ForgivenFelons.org, for all the podcast show notes and more pictures of Twan. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm JD Gum, and this has been Background Check.